Hello, and welcome to The Source of Uncertainty, a Buchla podcast for you. I am Kyle Swisher. And I am Robert Standifer. And this is episode 30. Our Valentine's Day episode, except <laughs> that was a week ago. Yeah, 30 sounds, that seems solid, you know? It does. 30? That's a lot. That, yeah, it is. 30. It's more than a couple dozen, you know? Man. Do you remember when you turned 30? Uh, yeah. Yeah, it was like eight years ago. Just, yeah, yeah. just past. Well, the, the uh, amount of time it took for you to say yeah implies to me that you're much older than... <laughs> I turned 30 uh, more than half the number of years between zero and 30. So it was a, it was a little bit of a little bit of a while ago. I turned <laughs> I turned 47 in April, by the way, if you can believe it. Wow. Um, this okay. is the thing about about like your emotional maturity stopping at 13 that mm -hmm. pretty much every year after that is just it's like the same year over and over again. <laughs> your, your body changes. But 30, I, you know, episode 30, when we started this, what was it now, almost four years ago? Three years ago? Mm, three. T to 2019? Three. 2019, right? Yeah, middle. That's right, because the pandemic started six months later. Yeah, man, you know, 30, it's like a, it's a milestone. But we messed up the numbers because we skipped some months, so it won't even out. It won't be 36 when we get to our, oh, yeah, <laughs> to true. our anniversary. And then we also, yeah, then all the artist spotlight episodes kind of, you know, skew that actual or the number of episodes where we blabber on about stuff. But um, yeah, well, in honor of this month's featured module, I think we should restart the episode numberings and use hexadecimal. Yeah. Just put it, put it in the <laughs> notes. Sure. <laughs> Whatever you say. What do you think about that? <laughs> what do you think? About what I think about that. <laughs> I'm like, what the hell is he talking about? Exodecimal 296E? What? That sounds fun. Um, <laughs> They're like, close the close the browser. Move on. <laughs> yeah, it's been a been a crazy month already. I mean, it's the middle of February. Today's Tuesday, you know, Tuesday, 2 2 22. Oh, yeah. You know what? Yeah. I also had tacos today. Oh wow! I completed well, was, that that circle. I yeah. had I had hamburger meat on cauliflower bread because as cauliflower about to, cauliflower is a bread now. They they rice cauliflower and rice is a verb by the way, which makes yeah. <laughs> makes no sense to me either. And then they turn it into a bread like substance that basically serves as a delivery mechanism for a piece of meat, mm -hmm. formerly known as a hamburger. But I, can't I was complain. hoping. No, I was hoping you're going to have then a cauliflower steak. You know, that would be on awful on top of your bread. I did have a cauliflower crepe the other day. I made a breakfast taco out of it. But see, like I mentioned a few minutes ago, I'm turning 47 in April, and we're having a baby in May, and so I figured probably good thing to not die young ish. Yeah. And you know, so you're I, like, I don't, I'm not middle aged yet. Don't tell me I'm middle aged. <laughs> I won't. I won't. <laughs> Somebody's gonna email me and say you're middle aged. Oh man, <laughs> you're eating cauliflower 14 times a day. You're middle aged. <laughs> yeah, I gotta get my blood sugar and carbs. Anyway, enough of that boring stuff. But yeah, it's I don't think they have tacos anymore unless they're made out of cauliflower. Gotcha. Well, <laughs> I'm sure, it's easily done. 
<laughs> Millennials, man, they'll they'll make fake food out of anything. Yeah, I mean, burger. how does how does cauliflower feel about this though? Like, can't is cauliflower just like can I just be me? <laughs> and I hate cauliflower. I gotta be. There's like a Mitch Hedberg joke. What what is? Oh man. The nice thing about cauliflower, though, is that it has the word flour in it, you know, which is what you use to make bread. So I take some solace. I get a little bit of comfort from that. I just think of cauliflower spelled F-L-O-U-R instead there you of, go. like, flour. <laughs> it's actually not bad. It's just extremely expensive. But um, not as bad, not as expensive as Buchla, which is what this show is about. So Yeah, but let's get on? us back on track, yeah. <laughs> So uh, uh, this month is a uh, is the month of the uh, uh, programmable spectral processor, model two ninety six. Um, from the from our our boys Mark and Chip from Mems, no less. Yeah. So um, just yeah, re- they're awesome. They're, really, they're, they're, they're yeah, they're the best. Yeah. They. Uh, um, track down their Instagram because they're starting to put out, you know, they got the clown face module on deck. You're going to get two, that, right? 242. I'm sure, you know, we can sweet talk them a little bit for yeah, us like to you, you have to check have that them. out. I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. We're going to put it on new source of uncertainty t-shirts. <laughs> we should. Yeah, actually we should. <laughs> That's a joking. good idea. No. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Let's talk about that afterwards um and and the pulse outs will be right where your nipples are (laughs) no that's the the cheeks of the uh (laughs) that's right the colorful cheeks of the clown face module um (laughs) anywho uh yeah uh we got a copy of the uh of their version of the 296 uh which is uh pcbs and panels are now uh available um uh, at the beast.co.uk so you can actually build one of these yourself wow. if uh, you're so inclined um, and I've had my own I've had a Roman version for the past year or so um, so it was fun to kind of get to AB them both and see their differences yeah, um, different. yeah a little yeah they a little bit of a voicing shift between the two um, and um, also want to shout out uh, Dave Brown from modularsynthesis.com. It's actually he, he's the one that built this one. It's his 296 that we got to borrow um, mm. to uh, yeah check this thing out. But um, he, he's uh, is he is he good at building modules? I, I'm not really sure. Yeah, <laughs> I mean he's got modularsynthesis.com. Like he, he killed it in the name world. Yeah, like, before anybody knew what that was. Like he yeah. registered it in 1966 when Rose was selling the. <laughs> the he called the shot. He just Babe Ruthed it from. Yeah. <laughs> from way out. It's like when you buy a star, you know, you <laughs> <laughs> a star in somebody's name. Um. So so yeah, we had a fun time checking it out. Um, yeah, it was fun. That's a cool module. You know, we talk about in that in the segment. I had a 296e. Uh, but it's different. It it's like um, mm-hmm. it challenged all my 
preconceived notions about the Eve just being the 296 with LEDs instead of sliders. It's actually different yeah. enough for them to even justify having one of each if one were so inclined. Yeah, if you're a baller, do it. Yeah. Like, no no reason not to. I kind of, I, I would like that if I had <laughs> four panel spaces available and like $6,000 to drop mm-hmm. on Yeah. Drop on them. Yeah. I did hover over message when that guy had a 296E for sale, the one that's selling off his BEMI system so he can buy it again in Bukla, USA. Mm-hmm. And I thought, God, there's a 296E right there, and I really want it again, but I resisted the urge. Yeah, you yeah. You, you got to wait for that studio to, yep. to be erected before you can... Uh... But it's just such a... It's so great, and... Todd's tutorials about it are so great for the 296E. I, I don't know, you know, I, I'm not I'm not being kind of silly here. Honestly, after hanging out with you and the 296, I don't know how I would decide which one to get. Really, other than preset management, yes, you know, that's important. But outside of the preset stuff with the E module, I don't know which one I would get. They're different. I mean, visual feedback. Um and which uh, you won't hear until like uh, <laughs> right now, because um, I, I, I kind of dove into the all the envelope followers stuff afterwards. Um, you oh, know, I you're kind of just you're you're poking around and guessing what each band is is doing. So it it is uh it is like a surprise and a mystery, you know, yeah. of of what those are doing. Um, you know, they have their their they each have their strengths and and weaknesses. Yeah. Uh, but- the t- visual feedback because the LEDs dance on the mm-hmm. 296E, you know, and you press the little button to cycle through the modes and you get different things. And, um, but with the 296, it just felt like it was just easier to patch, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe because you don't need to cycle through menus to make sure you're on the right. Um, yeah display like yeah which mode you're in yeah decay envelopes you know a or b um Mm -hmm. maybe that that was probably part of i don't know if they sound any different probably do but we didn't have one 296e to compare it with but there was an immediacy to the 296 similar to the marf where you can just swipe your fingers to make a pattern with the sliders Mm -hmm. and go from there and i think i liked that too but that's why one should have both. Yeah. But yeah, that's yeah. really fun. Thanks, thanks, Dave, for um he doesn't listen to the show, but if he did. <laughs> oh, he's listening to this one. Yeah. yeah. He, yeah. he said he's like, I don't I don't get to listen to it all the time. It's a it's a commitment. I'm like, yeah, it he's is. Busy. He's, he's a so. busy guy. Yeah, yeah I was I wasn't I wasn't even being flippant there. Um because uh, people so- like to tell me that they don't listen to the show. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah we've gotten i don't listen to the show <laughs> there was somebody that emailed and was like or like messaged me or something like that it's like love the show i, I, I don't really don't get any listen. time to, to listen to it <laughs> it's like so do yeah. you do you love it is that what constitutes as what's your favorite loving? episode oh i really yeah. like the one with kyle and robert oh yeah well okay <laughs> i love my kid never spend any time with them <laughs> But I love them. I love peanut butter. Never touch the stuff. <laughs> I'm allergic, <laughs> but I'm a, it's allergic. It'll kill me. But boy, do I love it. 
Oh, man. Oh, man. Um, yeah, you'd be shocked at what people email me, Kyle. Well, I know you would because <laughs> I've already told you, but. Yeah, we're going to do, we were talking about this. We're going to we're gonna have to do a mailbag. Yeah, I'm going to save them. Yeah, it's, it's a combination of people correcting me in very rude ways, <laughs> even though I say on the show, sometimes I don't know what I'm talking about. So that's, that's you know, not fair. Then I get, yeah. when are you going to feature the 299 <laughs> cello module? That's not a real one, but I do get, you know, and when are you going to feature this module that only existed in Don's brain or is so exceptionally <laughs> rare that there's you know no way we would ever get we would ever get it or a module we've already done? I get a lot of that too. When are you going to do the two eighty one e? Like oh, mean man. episode thirteen? Yeah, yeah. And then um, we should have so and so as a guest on the show, and it's just somebody that is in the Facebook group. <laughs> Why don't they contact Kyle? Stop emailing me. <laughs> Stop emailing Kyle. It's, yeah, it's funny how they go to. Yeah, like we. It's because I'm a sympathetic. Different. Group. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. I'm just. I'm the. Yeah. I'm the hard ass that. Yeah, you're the patcher. Mm-hmm. You're the yeah. guy that knows what CV means. Um, but don't. Uh, but people out there, listeners, don't. Uh, you know, don't not email us. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm being silly. I actually really love hearing from everybody. I'm yeah, making a making a joke here, but I and I get a lot of questions that I answer. You know, some of them are are kind of cool stuff, like what's a function generator, and you know, you Google that, and you're off in like the world of electronics engineering. But you know, somebody wanted to know why it's called an arbitrary function generator and why the MARF is different from the 250E if they if they're actually doing the same things. So that was kind mm-hmm. of fun too. Makes you think and you know, yeah. Explain, yeah. It's like it's yeah. not an arbitrary generator of functions. It's a generator <laughs> of arbitrary functions. Well what's that mean? So I I do really love hearing from from folks. But if you have questions yeah. that are about patching and about how modules work or when we're going to have, you know, the 216 on the show, or when we're going to have, you know, somebody really famous, ask Kyle, because he's the one who has all that stuff. <laughs> yeah. So, and if, you I'm know, hey, and, Miller on and Monday if, Night Football. If you're really solution. famous or have a, a very rare module, uh, or want to have your music uh, featured on the uh, An Artist Spotlight episode, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Alessandro Cortini is going to ship us his entire Bucla 200 system to feature on the show, and then he's yeah. going to be a guest for four hours. It's going to be wicked. Yeah. Um, okay, so before we get <laughs> I into it, get drunk before these, by the way. Jeez, yeah. I mean, we've only said Todd Barton's name once, so it <laughs> shouldn't have thrown it's back always that on my, Always on my mind. <laughs> always on the mind. Um, yeah, no. Uh, l- uh, we don't really get into the uh, 296e differences, um, and we kind of thought about doing that in this episode, but Todd Barton put out. An, an amazing YouTube uh, series, and he has it in like a playlist form, uh, kind of yeah. dissecting the 296e. It's great. Um, a lot of stuff we kind of, you know, there's no getting around kind of doing s- some of the same things that we did and what you'll hear in just a few minutes. Um, but definitely, as always, check out his channel for for that cool business. Yeah, um, always, always learn from them. I even watched his 
um, YouTube videos about modules I don't own. Oh, hell yeah. You know, I just did one about um, the tip top and the Buchle easel. And then, and one of my friends sent me a video that Todd made about the Buchle music easel and somebody else referred to that for the Arturia easel plugin and basically did what Todd did, but in the easel plugin <laughs> and was mm -hmm. like, have you ever heard of this Todd Barton guy? <laughs> like, no, <laughs> <laughs> not a clue, but that's pretty neat though, that, that that's starting to, you know, trickle over into the, um, non bukla world. Yeah. Or the bukla adjacent world with the tip top and bukla world. Boy, this is it's the all, world's, it's, world's changing, man. I, I can't it's handle all it getting anymore. swirled around. Yeah. 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 Can't, can't search a bukla on YouTube without uh, just seeing your rack modules now. That's, that's the world yeah. we're living in. This is why people become conservatives. They just don't want, <laughs> they don't want things to change. Yeah. I okay. don't want <laughs> All right. All right. Well, let's let's get into it. Okay, we are here with the MEMS version of the programmable spectral processor, model two ninety six. This thing has, let's see if I remember this. It's three switches, five knobs. 16 sliders and 61 jack input and output. Really? Oh, yeah. yeah CV and tiny jacks. Yeah. Wow. 61? 61. Man. It's, it's wow. It's so dense. <laughs> it's so dense. Like, I mean, I'm drawn to it, but then everything kind of, it makes sense somehow. It's, it doesn't feel, I guess, in my eyes, overly cluttered. No, it, it doesn't. I mean, I believe you that it's 61, but I also kind of can't believe it. <laughs> um, uh, and I, I've always loved the blue and purple alternating on the envelope follower outputs. Yeah. And maybe that's why it looks like there aren't that many there. Yeah. You kind of, well, yeah, you just start kind of segmenting yeah. things off. I also just love how, um, you know, you have to kind of say what the thing is, right, in this envelope follower section, but you don't have a ton of space because you've got all these different sections so you know it just starts numbering things at yeah, five at five yeah and then it only goes to nine and then it switches over to a b c d yeah. but that's actually not number five well because they start at zero oh, so even course, down here that's yeah. right yeah i mean it's a zero index array yeah which my you know if you that's hexadecimal zero to f there you go yep you know down here like yeah you it's cuts off at five and picks back up at a in the program inputs um I, I never noticed that that's hexadecimal I, I wish i'd noticed that before we started recording so that i could have prepared a 20 minute talk about <laughs> how it's done. that's awesome but yeah it's, it starts at zero cool yeah i mean you know because well the uh 296e version uh goes it does label everything from 1 to 16 so i yeah. guess i just had more space but yeah. you just wanted to keep everything yeah that's why I never knew because it was just labeled one to six. Is this panel the same as any of the other two ninety sixes, like the Roman version? Or yeah, nothing. Yeah, it's the same panel. Yeah, I mean that's um, there is so there is an even and odd down kind of where the signal input section is. Um, there are two LEDs there, and something that uh, Mark or Chip from Mems would 
uh, no, but I don't believe those are original. Like the MEMS Ooh. one, or sorry, the one in, the ones at EMS that I played on yeah. does not have that, but there might have been, I forget, there might have been another version that does. There could have been two versions. Um, and then it's also unclear, I think maybe on Roman's version, um, it's the input signal that drives those. And where this one is actually the output signal that's driving these. So yeah. we'll see um, the even and odd kind of toggle back and forth depending right. on what is being filtered or what uh, yeah. what bands those so are going the, through. There are likely multiple versions of the original Bukla 296. There could be. I mean, because there were a lot of, you know, like the, like the 258, there was like yeah. four or five or yeah, something like apps. that. There um, are two versions of the 296E. One, oh, yeah. yeah. I don't remember exactly, but it has something to do with the pulse out down at the bottom, but yeah, they're, they're slightly different. Oh and Some yeah. people say the original one sounds better. I don't know if that's sort of confirmation bias, but <laughs> yeah, they're, um, so there are two of those. Yeah. You know, the, I wish we had a master list of every single rev of every module so that we would always yeah. know. And on a timeline. And on I a mean, timeline. That, yeah. yeah. <laughs> would be really nice. Like, that's the stuff that is like, oh, man. Like those ideas, like, yeah, we should do that. Or it's not really we should do that. It's more like, I hope somebody, yeah, somebody <laughs> has, should do that. has the time to uh, research all that and make pay, that happen. I'll pay $50 to I would, somebody yeah, who does that. I would love to go fund that. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I think probably the best way to start breaking this thing down is actually starting at the top. Uh, with all its outputs um, because there's three different sections of outputs. Um, we've got a sawtooth oscillator from the uh, 259 program programmable complex waveform generator uh, going into the uh, all input uh, as there's three inputs in the signal input section, an even or an odd. I guess what maybe to break this down uh, further, um, even an odd refers to each of these bands that are labeled right. <laughs> zero through F. Yeah. So and zero is considered even. Yes. Yep. And then odd, and it kind of goes, you know, back and forth. Um, so it's kind of like two sets of eight. Uh, yeah. A single band pass. The one to sixteen oh. makes that much easier, by the way, than trying to figure out if E is <laughs> E yeah. is E is odd. I think, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I I mean, the per post-it note up there. The blue and purple kind of, like, helps. Oh, yeah, yeah, because you can, right, look above it, and if it's purple, then, then it it's odd. odd. Or yeah. it's a, yeah, it's an odd. Yeah, and blue is the... Because we start at zero, and zero is considered odd, uh, even here, so, mm -hmm. yeah. Um, so the first output we have is a comb filter output, and so this basically, if you... Um, if you put it, the input into the all section, it's gonna go through those frequencies and kind of delineate, you know, this negative uh, 100 um, section is gonna come out of the even section, and then the 150 band is gonna come out of the odd section. Um, and so you can kind of like split these up in a stereo section. Yeah. Or you could run two different, different signals through here, and it's just gonna comb out all the all the you know either even frequencies or the odd frequencies from that sound so kind of yeah yeah scrapes out 
different frequencies, which gives you a total different tonal character for something. Um, and you know, it's a filter and it's itself. Um, so, Oh, one other thing I wanted to, I mean, just like the detail of this panel that I like, or actually a lot going on here. man. Yeah. But like, (laughs) look how it, how it says, um, negative 100. So this kind of minus or less than 100. Yeah. Yeah. Less than 100 to, um, greater than 10 K. Yeah. And then when we come look at this like program control, yeah, it has 100 to 10 K. And then it has all those specific dots are the actual bands oh, that are. are going around this knob. Like there's, there's 16. So the 100 there, is that less than 100 or actually 100 or does it go slightly past that? Uh, you know? I mean, I guess whatever, yeah, you're putting into it, and what's, what's actually coming through it. But I mean, if you go to the 650. Or sorry, six thirty. It's yeah, gonna so be, be the six thirty band. Yeah, wow. Around that, but we're getting to that. Yeah, because I was looking at the decibel level in the middle. So I mean, we'll get to all that stuff. But it's it's different from the two ninety six E. And you know, and I had one, and it works the same way for the most part. Mm-hmm. But the panel is so different mm-hmm. that it might as well be a completely different module. <laughs> I mean, it is, but you get what I mean. It, yeah, the two ninety six E is not really a two ninety six. It, it is and it isn't. This yep. is really this is really wild. Yeah. So, um, okay. So, let's just hear the sounds. So this is a sawtooth oscillator, like I said, coming from the 259. And um, this is just a mono kind of signal. Um, and then if we turn up the even output, which I have going to our left and going then the odd section going to the right. You know, we're basically getting the same. Oh, yeah. Slightly different, of course, because the 292. Yeah, Yeah, going through a little bit, yeah, different circuitry. But close enough to be the same. Yeah. Um, And that's all it is. It's fixed. You know, there's nothing anywhere else on the panel that's going to um this is the end of the show then yeah that's okay. it um the actually the um these the section down here which is like we're kind of the program spectrum transfer yeah yeah we're jumping all over the place aren't we it's got to like you know <laughs> so much to take in. um this actually does have an effect and so this is base is um that moves the odd to the even the even to the odd right no oh okay that's the different um this is like it's I believe in the there's a, there is some sort of manual um and this is like a this is on i think the um 296e yeah but it's it's basically boosting like the higher end frequency it's kind of like boosting the gain oh because you're, you were twisting the um the, the pre-emphasis yeah yeah not so it's yeah. A, a basically like it's gain for yeah. the signal so i'll just have this one up so you can kind of hear me yeah, on the 296E, Kyle, you'll you press a green button to to go through these different modes, and then it changes what happens with the knobs. Oh, okay. So that's different here than the 296, of course. I usually left those all the way up. On the <laughs> yeah, <laughs> this what um... they go all the way to F. <laughs> <laughs> um, and this, I mean, they're they're here in this programmable or programs uh spectrum transfer section for a reason which we'll get into later um but 
they in my because uh, I do have a version of this, uh, the Roman version, and it feels like on the Romans version, like these things are cranked already. Yeah. Um, so this one feels like you have a bit more nuance, like um, you can get to that kind of cranked right. Roman section, which you can blast even further with these. You know, if you kind of crank it up most of the way, yeah, you're getting to there. So it's so when you crank those up, then it would change the volume relative to the because you know, there are these decibel indicators here in the middle on the sliders. Would that pre-emphasis? I mean, you think it, you're boosting the signal before it's going through those filters. I see. Um, so that's like it's that gain and everything yeah, will so have plus an effect six on, on that. Plus six on whatever you, the signal after it's been boosted by the pre-emphasis um potentially well, i guess we'll, we'll it, play with it yeah right yeah um, there's just so much to say and look and we're, <laughs> it's really fun i mean it's awesome it's just so different and yeah i mean it's really really cool so let's go so it's like i'm looking at these frequency and width inputs too and then we're gonna get to yeah you didn't have those so <laughs> yeah we'll definitely so before we get to there <laughs> we're gonna move over to the uh, attenuator outputs. Um, what attenuator controls that? And so the sliders. Oh, the sliders are yeah. the attenuators. So cool. this is basically the only section where the sliders are active. I think that's a really important thing to remember. Yeah. Yeah. Like these are. There's just different designations with um, with the different output sections right. for better and worse. Like there's sometimes where. Um, as we'll get to, like I'm using the programmed outputs, and then it's like, oh, I wish I could just goose something with the slider, but no, I've got to use the attenuator outputs, right. which is another either one or two um, outputs that's going to yeah. go into a mixer or anything like that. So it can definitely eat up a lot of mixer space if you let it, if you want it to. Yep. Um, but you know, also one of the things that's great about Bukla is it gives you all those options. Um, so yeah, you have a 227E, so you could do all kinds of things with the submixer and then the different channels and mm -hmm. route to the 292. Yeah. It, yeah. We don't really have very many mixers in the Bukla world, but then again, we kind of do. They're just not really mixer mixers. But that's mm -hmm. a topic for another show. <laughs> that's the something I've been experiencing lately with my using my control and signal router as a mixer, as a matrix mixer. Oh yeah. The, um, so the, you're, we're in this attenuator outputs thing, and and I'm using a mode. I'm in a section thing, and I'm applying my 296E knowledge. And you know, there's that green button where you scan through the modes, and there's an LED that lights up the mm -hmm. mode. So we're we have a section comb filter output, attenuator output, pre-programmed output. Those are different modes within. Yeah, within you just have like a C yeah. And so they were discreetly different. You couldn't mm -hmm. get both of them at the same time. Yep. So that makes a lot of sense now that I'm seeing this on the panel. Mm -hmm. But you could take the outputs from comb filter outputs and attenuator outputs. And program and output. Program, and then the 296E, you could multi-select the modes depending on oh, how you many can, so it's, you can have multiple LEDs kind of, yeah, yeah. set up at the same time. That's right. So that's, I like this a little bit more, but I get why there's a, a difference. Yeah. yeah. Um, so cool. so yeah so now we're just based all on these sliders so we can kind of basically do what we did with the comb filter mode because if we go all evens which is going to be every other every blue slider up 
that's kind of really similar to what we just heard. Sounds like a 362B. <laughs> sort of. Yeah, we're getting, yeah, so it is kind of funny that we're doing these episodes back to back because we, because uh, he did pull, which he kind of mentions, pulls a lot from this module um, yeah. for that harmonic oscillator. Um, but yeah, I mean, this is like, I don't know. When I, I don't know, I'm sure I saw the two, uh, 96 e first but just when you start seeing people like kind of draw the specific uh frequencies out of things like a graphic equalizer on old hi-fis remember those Mm -hmm. and some of them were you know like 64 band um that's what it reminds me of and you could shape the sound you know you can look at the shape of the sound or the shape of the the um guess modulation of the sound the shape of the filter with the position of the sliders yeah and you could go, you could drag it up and down and really dial it in. So let me grab a slider. I want to see what that will go up here. That's cool because it has pretty good, pretty good resolution. Yeah. I can't measure minus 18 here, but I can. Because really all you're doing with the sliders is changing the amplitude of that frequency, right? Mm-hmm. Of the of that frequency output, I should say. Yeah, so that's the 630 bands. Yeah. Wow. Much better control than the 296. Oh, yeah. You know, swiping on the LEDs. That thing's really cool, but this you get a lot more fine-grained control. Yeah, you go back and forth. I mean... I think because you have all those shared um, programmable sections, like you need that visual feedback. Yeah. Um, where this thing can be a bit more static. You can kind of, if you're using the attenuator outputs, like, I mean, you can look at where the sliders are and that yeah. that makes sense. But you can kind of be in other modes where this is doing a lot of stuff, but has nothing to do. If you're not using the attenuator outputs, you don't really have that much visual right. feedback of what is happening with the sound. I mean, I guess to further describe the sound, like right now, I'm just turning up kind of a bunch of mid bands. Yeah, and it's like a bell curve. Yeah, we're kind of like halfway up, and then you know you can bring in more low end. Yeah, it's kind of nice to do if you were you know spraying this all out um, in a stereo setting. Um, so it's kind of nice to balance things out. I find like if you're if you want. Kind of a stereo balance. Yeah. You would bring up two uh, bands at the same time to kind of even things out. Cool. Yeah. So, I think it's somewhat useful. I've had fun with this um, setting. I mean, a, a to just like just to drone on <laughs> like we're doing, you just put some, you know, something that's has a lot of harm, a sound that has a lot of harmonics in there. Mm-hmm. And even like shifting through that, um, I can just, you know, play on those forever, but it is also kind of nice to, um, like if you're really sculpting a sound, um, I'll sometimes do it like with the delay modules, I would run repeats through yeah. 
um, through this and do one through the odd and one through the even and can really kind of just do a couple weird bands of that mm-hmm. and then change them later yeah. on. There was a, one of the tracks on Seven Dot Waves um, from, like I said, almost, I don't remember how long ago that was now. But anyway, I used the 296E with the 272E, and it's the one where um, they recorded the broadcast with somebody reading Christmas stories. Mm-hmm. And I, round, I, rent that, I sent that through the 296E and then took the output back into the 296E to filter out a lot of the, I guess I'll filter it out, but to change the... Um, how it sounded for the woman's voice is because her mm. she didn't have much inflection in the storytelling so i was adding in some inflection in her voice by oh, cool. modulating the um the volume of those different bands and uh, that's like I, I just randomly did that you know <laughs> but I, I want to make this sound interesting yeah and kind of discovered it because when you look at the when you think about what you're going to do with a comb filter it's sort of just on the basics of it. it's like yeah, it's a, you know it's a comb filter I have synthesizers that have a knob that says comb filter that I can turn. Yeah. But this is a lot more than that because we haven't even gotten into the individual audio outputs. And yeah. then you can modulate with CV on the on the bottom and, you know, basically do amplitude modulation of a single, we call these channels? What are these? Fre- frequency bands. Range? Ban- bands, yeah. Is, bands. Is there we go. what I, yeah, kind of refer them to. So, yeah, I mean, I yeah, guess... it's what... like a bandpass filter and... So I guess, yeah, those and are those Slash are filter bank, slash, yeah. Yeah. And then um, when you start doing all the crazy modulation and patching it back into itself, and then with the 296C doing the spectrum transfer and, you know, all of that, you don't need, I mean, it's like, it just takes on a life of its own. Yeah. I mean. Really, really fast. Yeah. So deep. So many different ways to, to attack it. The way, so yeah, you did kind of mention these, which they aren't labeled specifically, but it's, there's 16 individual outputs for each of these bands. Like we discussed on the harmonic oscillator, um, they're they're just static. The attenuators don't uh, like. There's no VCA attached right. to it. It just is an output. So like right now, we can take these like take the odd output and put that into the two ninety six and uh, or sorry yeah. uh, <laughs> two two and a half k um, output. And it just gives you just the output of that band yeah yeah with no modulation or anything on it no nothing you can do it's just like boom static yeah. so you know i'm always just like okay well what's that we'll patch it back into itself right what is that good for when i mean patch it back, i mean i guess if you have really. a mixer or that yeah. you could then um that is something you could potentially do like instead of this um oscillator going direct put it into some other put it into this mm-hmm Come out of the uh, yeah two ninety two maybe come out of the all and then you could patch other frequencies in here yeah. and then somehow kind of make that work. Um, yeah, I haven't really to where in my mind I would instead of using these individual bands like like I was saying run um, to delay repeats through or something to yeah. kind of tweak those. I would just use the attenuator outputs um, with the sliders because then you can just do the same thing that we just did yeah but then we can add more or we can change as much faster than but if you if you had um i'm gonna say five and a outputs you would mix them with the attenuator outputs so any modulation on the those bands 
would be affected in the even odd out, and you would have the original sort of the bit, just the the unmolested output of that band also. If right? you, if you're saying if we had if we ran it through another mixer and yeah, like back if we sent it, it to a, a two hundred seven, yeah. Something. Because then that would be, like for a saw wave like this, maybe not particularly interesting, but for something that where the audio has, or the sound has a lot of uh, modulation before it goes into the 296, mm-hmm. I can imagine, you know, that being not something you want to do there. And then take those two, this is kind of a silly example, but the two band output into your DAW, for example, and just have those, that, especially with these low frequencies, the, mm-hmm. the, you know, the left side taking just those and um, using them to um, for bass, like if you were modulating with the 282 or the um, 281E, you know, just mm-hmm. there are scenarios there, but it gets out of control pretty quick because with 16 outputs you have essentially 8 channels of input on the 227 <laughs> yeah. sort yeah. of um, and yeah so you'd run, you can't do that for a lot, but I could see taking some things and and having that copy yeah, I one thing I have I think done with those before is um, like with the shift register, for example. <laughs> yeah, or the two sixty four. We're going to manipulate the pitch of something, and you and you want to have yeah, so the, the original and then the modulated signal. I have had I've used them for um, t- for. Uh, FM inputs on mm, yeah. oscillators, like yeah. just taking because the different frequency bands, um, even though it's going to be the same kind of pitch, like it's still going to act. Yeah, the two ninety one, you know, or the two eighty five, or uh, modulation signals. That's really that would be really great, actually. Huh? Yeah, that's something we should play with it later. Um. So yeah, those are the bands, or those. Are, that's the attenuator outputs very fun to use yeah it, it is i remember dragging my finger left and right on the 296e do we want to go through like every single band <laughs> or like do you want to do the white noise thing let's let's do the white let's let's honor todd barton and do the <laughs> uh the white noise thing um because with the white noise and you modulate with an envelope one band you can really hear you know what's going on um yeah, when you know when doing modulation of the band without having to sort of process what the the original sound is. Um. So yeah, I've just got flat white noise in here. Uh, I don't know if I should do the. Yeah, I'm not going to do the positive three dB, but here's the one or the. Um, I'm too old to hear that. One hundred and <laughs> below. <laughs> you got to get into the letters before I can hear it. Oh, there it is. Yeah, that's much more prominent. Uh, that's 150. 250. That's a great sound. Isn't it, though? Mm-hmm. I mean, more. I, I do use this for noise a lot. Some Nine Inch Nails, like, uh, <laughs> warm place. That's what it reminded me of. 350. 500. 630. That's haunting. Yeah, like I like the one. hollowness. Yeah, those kind of mid ones. That was eight hundred. We're up to a thousand it's now. Like, uh, bugs at night. I feel like bugs come up at like. Oh yeah. Five. Okay. 
1.3K. I think bugs come up at 5K. That's what I mean. Yeah, that's what I was going. I'm going to sample that and use it. It's like the high pitch. Uh, um, uh, starting to sound like the bullfrogs outside your window. Yeah, they're coming. Yeah. yeah. We're, spring is that's about a, to be sprung. That's an understatement. <laughs> uh, we're at 2.6K. 3.5. It's so thin. You know, it's really getting back into noise. Now I feel like I'm taking a hearing test. Yeah. I gotta and click, I can click that little thing. Barely hear that. I uh, can hear that one really well. I can't hear the millennial frequency. I can, I can only hear the, <laughs> the Gen X. <laughs> the Gen X band. Um, going back to what I was saying about, I'm going to pull out the noise and then like, like to me that sounds like a, some sort of a bug bug sounds yeah up in the 3.5 to 8k yeah there that's a little bit of uh, yeah with some slight modulation it would definitely sound like i'm in a, in a forest full of bugs mm-hmm. we need to do a cricket chirp with this and record that and then play it back during the during the show <laughs> we say something to a guest and they just sit there or i, I like <laughs> That'd be easy to do, actually. In like three weeks, start blaring that out my window and just have like, <laughs> look out there and there's just a billion frogs oh, staring God. back. <laughs> back at me. Um, Only the males. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> We're now going to move over to the programmed outputs. So now this starts to bring in anything that says program on the panel that's convenient so program control in the lower left and programmed spectrum transfer and then on the right down below for oh, that local program inputs. local program input so it's kind right. of like now all the bottom section which is kind of like why i wanted to go as you move to the right yeah stuff on the panel um yeah so then just play. to clarify and bear with me kyle if we when we were dealing with the, the white noise coming out of the attenuator outputs, yeah, control voltage going into local program inputs wouldn't have done wouldn't anything. Wouldn't do anything. Okay. Yeah. Makes yeah, sense. program control wouldn't do anything. Yep. Um, the odd and even preemphasis will. That's that's the thing that I've found that like, I think will work on every section. Yeah. Um, okay, so we're back to that oscillator, and so yeah, as we can see, we're you know we can bring up these. Nothing is. Yeah, the sliders don't do anything. Is happening. So we'll kind of go. I guess we'll start in the program control, um, and this has a center frequency uh, knob, and then CV attenuated input, and then a width uh, knob and uh, CV input. So this is kind of where this thing acts like a sweepable bandpass filter. Or filter that you can address with CV, and um, much like what we did with the harmonic oscillator in the last episode, we can kind of narrow its focus down to a few, like what we were doing with harmonics. Then we're doing with frequencies now, yeah, um, and make that really narrow to just have like one band at a time. And then as we're playing with with the odd and even programmed outs, I can kind of have a stereo effect depending on how. I mean, because it's still kind of even 
you know, splitting those evens to a left and odds to right or however you want to patch it up. Um, but there's a lot of cool functionality in this. So as we can hear right now, I have like on the mixer, these channels turned up, but we don't hear anything because we don't have the width control uh, turned up. The width oh. is like kind of all the way down. So it's, there's no sounds coming through, which basically, you know, makes it uh, a VCA. And will 100 to 10K do anything for all of this? So the, yeah, this is where, yeah, so this is where this um, knob comes into play. So I'll turn it all the way up. So now we have, we're at max with the uh, width control. So this is all of the frequency bands coming through. It sounds very similar to what we did with the attenuator right. outputs all the way up. This sounds what it, when we had the comb filters in. Yeah. Kind of doing the same thing. Um, but as we uh, narrow its focus, so we go to like halfway up. Um, now this is based on the center frequency. We're kind of dropping off and I have the center frequency kind of turned all the way up. It's probably in the one to yeah. 1.3 K range. Yeah, it's like in the 12 o'clock position. Yeah. And because we have half of it, it's probably going to maybe 500 to like 2.6 where our very low and very high bands are not, we're not hearing those. Yeah. Um, and then we can use that knob to sweep around. So I sweep it down to the 100 range. And then all the way up to the 10K range. It's got that awesome just... I mean, that, that sound to me is... Yeah, that kind of... Um kind of sing-songy like yeah. you, you get that filtered tone yeah um we when, when sweeping my, a filter when my wife and i were at uh euro rack ev event in portland years ago mm -hmm. before i met you before kyle bk yeah, bk um and like roger lynn was there and, and it was really cool right before all this stuff really took off 4ms was there showing their brand new oh yeah sphere what was that thing called not the spherical wave the the you know the one I'm talking about. Yeah, it's got the the all the really cool lights around yeah, I mean, a certain. I was just totally spaced on the name of it, um, <laughs> but it's the original one. But sorry, Eurorack users. Yeah, I just I had it in my mind and it and it went away. But we were watching the demo of that, and you could turn the knob and it would make that sound and had all the pretty lights and stuff. And my wife was like, "That's awesome. We sh you should get one of those." <laughs> and so I did, and it was inscrutable, and I couldn't figure it out. But anyway. That sound is just so, that it's just that sound, mm -hmm. you know. And every time I hear it, I think that's such a, just a really great sound. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's so simple. And it's yeah, it just gives this thing or I, one of the characteristics that this module itself like bring, brings to the sound of a system. It all goes back to harmonic series, which we won't get into right now. But um, there's a really good Andrew Huang video mm -hmm. about harmonic series, but. The oh, harmonic yeah. series stuff, and I'm reading a really great book about it, but that kind of explains why we like that sound mm. because mm -hmm. of the, rel the relative, um, it has to do with the relative harmonics as we sweep through it and stuff, but it's, it's such a great, just a great sound. So yeah, check out that Andrew Huang video about harmonic series to get an idea of what I'm stammering through. <laughs> um, so, so yeah, I've got this um, width control turned all the way down. So if, what's cool is if you kind of barely bring it up, like right now, I don't know if you can barely yeah, hear can it. It's like it. right in your right ear. Yeah, um, we're getting to the territory where 
it's only it's so narrow that it's just focusing on one band at a time and because these even and odd bands are split up that's why we're only hearing on the right so we go yeah. down to 100 whoa um turn up a little bit more so now we're hearing is very minimal on the left that's a rumbling sound maybe kind of. yeah so now we're at like 150 and now it's on the right turn your speakers up folks there it is it's a little bit on both now so you can hear like I'm kind of crossfading between the two I love that sound yeah so it's really cool obviously you don't get as much amplitude out of it because you're just restricting it to this could you with the pre-emphasis knobs so we can we can spoiler oh yeah we crank those up a bit we'll crank them both up so then they'll yeah yeah loses some of the subtlety but yeah but that's what's there you know if this yeah. is the kind of thing you're going for let me crank yeah. them up all the way yeah yeah that's right um I'll also having let's see here. Love that right sound. about there. If you look at the inputs or maybe it, actually this is probably more based on um we've kind of just sat on this <laughs> same frequency the whole time. <laughs> yeah. But you can kind of see as I change the frequency those LEDs. Oh yeah, will, so the even even an odd LEDs are now they're full on. Now they're off. Are they? Oh yeah, okay. So depending on kind of what band has more or where that fundamental, I think frequency is, yep. is where um, that LED lights up. Just kind of a interesting, cool function. So that's really geeky, <laughs> right? You know, like <laughs> that's good for process music, I think. Oh yeah, man, that's a great sound. So you always get a bump where. Um, can we modulate that, by the way? That uh, fundamental is, yeah. So yeah. let's... Um, How you were getting that awesome sound right there. I'm, I'm throwing Kyle a little bit off his plan patch. I'm sorry about that, but... No, we're good. I'm hearing some really cool stuff. <laughs> um, I'm going to patch some... Sounds kind of amazing. Slewed random. Yeah. Through it. So I've got it basically set down to 100, and then I have it positively... Um, effect or CV effect in the frequency so it's going up from there this is like a, a quantized random voltage that's going through the integrator on the 266 so it's a little bit slewed this is more stepped now but yeah, this it's kind of nice to make it a little bit more fluctuating um do you hear that maybe it's just my in-ear monitors but there's almost like a snare sound there could be, be it could be a noise like I, I know on my roman version um there are certain and actually like it sounds like i can maybe get this fixed but um like some um bands just have like some noise mm. in them so when it crosses over that that band yeah um you might get a little like a little yeah i had to really focus of, to hear it of noise um, and I'm using in-ear monitors, so they're 
They're not going to color the sound at all. Yeah, so I've got, you know, this turned up a little bit, so the focus is pretty narrow. Um, I can turn up, so now we're kind of full from the lowest setting to the highest. What I really like about this too, um, we can bring this down. We can kind of switch where, because think of this like as like a, this VCA, you can kind of set it to be high, right? And yeah. so then we're going to hear the highest bands Mm. First, when we turn up, oh yeah, the width control. Turn the the width control from nothing to max. Yeah, instead of yeah. Oh, cool. Um, so in a way, you can kind of I, I think it's like well, this is more like the low pass mm -hmm. setting where if you have it set up, this is more of the high pass. Yeah, that's cool. And then you can you know change the direction of that CB. I really like this. I kind of want one now. It's a good module. So then what we could also do is modulate the um, the width control. So that so the width control doesn't have a uh, CV attenuverter. It's just a direct in. I find it's really nice to um, have some control over the CV that before going into it. So if you've got like a CV processor that you can attenuate uh, your CV signal a bit yeah. because there's so much kind of like you know, um, richness and like minutia and the small, when you barely have the max yeah. turned up, you know, where yeah. if you're just bouncing from low to high, you're not getting right. a bunch. So I'm going to use the stored random voltage on the 266 that has the, um, the probability, uh, uh, distribution where I can just have it set to low random outputs coming so it's not going to go give me a bunch of high voltages it's going to kind of keep the the width clamped down a bit yeah yeah i mean we can always then you can modulate this and you can kind of go to the highs and it's yeah. going to be open a lot more can you go back to the, and then just slow the signal way down just to kind of um, Are you able to do that with your pulse input? Well, I don't want to mess up your patch, so yeah, I'm like, don't don't, don't worry about it. But <laughs> I um, I just wanted to hear a little bit of differentiation between the things, but I don't want you to mess up your. No, let's your uh, patch. yeah, let's try this. <laughs> I was like, damn it, Rob, are you in here? <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm gonna have a. A slow there we go yeah a uh, slow looping uh 281 oh wait but then i don't you don't have the slew in there oh, but um there we go is this what you're looking for yeah i just wanted to hear yeah because i'm i was just trying to listen for the change in the sound um just to hear kind of that sounds awesome yeah, so I'm going to... There's like a, a, the abruptness in a good way, but I just couldn't tell if it was bleeding over or if it was just in, you know, discrete sounds. Mm -hmm. um, oh, I love that. Oh, don't you love that? Yeah. And it's such a basic sound, too. Just a saw wave. <laughs> um, Man. Yeah. That sounds so good. So that's kind of... Thanks for that, by the way. Thanks for humoring me. <laughs> but of course. 
Um, let's, let's fix your patch before we go back on. See if I can get back there. I do um, this on purpose. That's basically the gist of that section. I Pulse. I think I use that um, more than anything else. Um, I mean, I use this thing a lot of different ways, but definitely I'm using the program outputs a bit more than yeah. and CB controlling things. Um, I did with the two ninety six E. Yeah. 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 Um, you know, it's just a a great sound. That's how I got uh, the alien sounds on on Fall Into the Atmosphere, the sort of alien transmission that people really liked on the mm-hmm. on the last track. It's like a a clicking, like a type sound, and then there's some other stuff in it mm-hmm. that you have to really listen for. And yeah, the, the chittering of a... the Dutch Two Ninety Six E was the only way I, I I can't think of another way I could do that. Yeah, and uh, I loved that module. Um, funny story, it, I had it in the top of my Twenty Four U. And the 272E radio antenna thingy was right behind it. Mm-hmm. And so I noticed that the 296E LEDs would just start going crazy. Mm. They would just start going up, but no, didn't change the sound. It was just the LED. The uh, the back of the 296E was making contact with the 272E antenna. Uh, I was like, yeah, only in Buchla. Right? <laughs> you got to think about these. Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, only, only in Buchla do I have to put electrical tape in my 297 to break a contact. Uh, yeah, I've got yeah. some electric. Yeah, I've had some. I, I don't mind. It's just, yeah. you know, part of the, the charm of. <laughs> yeah, I was uh, I was having an electrical tape situation uh, yesterday. Oh, yeah, because did you have a, a shorting thing? Something, yeah, basically yeah. nothing was coming out of my C output um, yeah. in in quadraphonic space yeah it's um, easy to forget that these are like electronics <laughs> yeah you know um you buy a, a, a Korg prophecy or a chronos and it's just it is what it is mm-hmm. but when you buy these buchla modules you're dealing in electronics <laughs> and like yep if the screws were too tight on my case then i wouldn't get sound out of the sub mixer yeah my 227 so anyway washers <laughs> <laughs> washers the more you know um, it was the only way i could fix it that was in the 12 view but that's also a story for another okay. show okay yeah um okay so we're gonna so we kind of talked about this about being a vca right because we have this with control that's like oh the program control being a VCA? Yeah. yeah um which which i love because i don't know in my decent sized system i've got my you know my quad low pass gate uh, and I have four oscillators, I can go to that. But sometimes, like, I don't have... If I want to do some noise stuff, I don't have any way to um, clamp that down or, you know, uh, modulate the uh, the amplitude of that. But yeah. you can run it through here, and you have basically a VCA that you can wear, use. Um, yeah. That also does really cool... Um, really cool kind of filtering stuff. But yeah. what's awesome about the program the local program inputs which line the bottom of the entire module is then each this is basically each band's vca right so you can plug um you know a bunch of different um different modulation you know cv sources in here and modulate all these bands separately also something that we kind of looked into on the uh, harmonic oscillator last time um, so with this, we're actually going to bring in, so we're going to use two sounds now. So we've got the sawtooth oscillator and I'm going to bring in the, um, 
the principal oscillator as well on this one. So we're going to have two sounds into the even and odd inputs. Um, And so now these, like the, everything that we hear from the the sawtooth oscillator is going to be kind of like the even output. Actually, you know what? I'm going to switch that up now that I, I say that I'm going to have everything come out of the odd or sorry, the all like mono output for this one. So, um, so I have a pattern set up on the MARF of four different um, pulse outputs. Those are going into the uh, four sections of the 281. And I'm going to start um, kind of trying to build like a uh, percussive patch out of these two oscillators through the 296. And you didn't give me a demo of this before we started, so I'm really excited. <laughs> so. <laughs> I don't hear anything. Yeah, it's that zero one. <laughs> um, so I'm going to first, so I've plugged in, what I'm thinking is like kind of like my, my bait or, you know, my kick drum type of sound, um, which is going to be the lowest section. Um, and then what, you know, because bananas are amazing, we can then, you know, plug this into yeah, like also the jumpering it kind of, yeah, jumpering it. And I can include other bands for the same, uh, you know, rhythmic hit. Yeah. So that's another tone. And this is a, off of the same oscillator cause we're both in the, the blue ones, but I could go to one instead and try and pick up some of its low frequency. information instead then I can bring in the next section and we can start incorporating other tones around this not getting much out of that one that could be you know even out that sound a bit this reminds me of the Roland TR-707 a little bit. Um, let's see. I've done that one. Let's try. Oh, I like that. So now this one is going into A. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put in now the last one, too, and then I'll kind of jumper off of these, and we'll just kind of mix through with more jumper cables to bring in more bands to see what fits what sound. Yeah. So I'll, like, plug this into. That channel is. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. So there's your hi-hats. Yeah. You know, so we can jump off the hi-hats, maybe, like, get more click from that. Yeah. It's the, you used the 296 to make that blast beat demo for me at EMS, right? No, that was the 288. Oh, oh that that's right, that's right, yeah. Um, we'll jump back to this one that's in A, and we'll kind of play around with stuff around that to see what... <laughs> Kyle's my go-to guy for making drum sounds with Buchla. Like, Kyle, I've got a 223E and a 251E. What can I do for drum sounds? We <laughs> <laughs> can bang a banana cable against it and record it with mic. Do I like that? Or maybe... I... Yeah, maybe I like that one. The top. clap with no with a clap with the high frequencies filtered out so it's like my kick drum i'm jumping up to like maybe the 800 to see just what that sounds like if i can 
Yeah, something like that. Yeah. You have a, a jug that <laughs> blowing into a jug and maybe a cigar box banjo. Yep. It's <laughs> really cool. That doesn't do too much. So yeah, you get the idea. Yeah. This so this is just, but this is just of like one oscillator, and you're getting four different sounds from it. I think right. is what's kind of cool. Yeah. From this thing, I'm curious if I were to just try this with white noise instead of these oscillators mm-hmm. to see what this would sound like. So I'll pull out a little bit more drums. This. Whoa. There's that nine inch nail sound. Yeah, that's like. Like broken or maybe pretty hit machine. Yeah, broken, broken. I'm kind of into that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, you know, and there's probably better. Like, you know, I can start oh, repatching this. <laughs> down, down in it. <laughs> does, does you hear it? Right, you hear it down yeah. in it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that's funny. He's listening to the show. He's like, yeah, these guys figured it out. <laughs> Two ninety six the whole time. It'd be awesome to find out Trent Reznor listened to the show. <laughs> because he sued us for, for playing. <laughs> <laughs> That's how he finds the show. <laughs> Cease and desist. There you go. Now this higher band like that gives us more uh, information. This there. is really cool. I mean, kidding aside, you can do some pretty cool stuff with this. This this percussive sound here, you know. Yeah. Doing some control and some modulation. I mean, you know, yes, I'm taking up a whole 281 to do this, right? Um, But it is kind of cool that it's just noise that's supplying this. Yeah. Well, folks who have like the, like Lionel and others who have 50U or Andrew with two of these and four 281s. You know, that, and that's not, you know, sounds ridiculous, but it's not actually outside the realm of possibility. Yeah. Because uh, you don't have to worry about preset lockups with that, but. Oh, I love that. So I've just kind of like spread them a bit. Now they're back in kind of stereo, which is, you know, like that kick drum is very heavy on the right, but you could probably pull in other bands with the kick drum to even that out a bit more. Yeah. Um, to have different frequencies kind of pull, pop up on both. Uh, the left and right outputs. So my in-ear monitors, they're they're transparent, so there's not they don't have any bass, any accentuation of bass. In your headphones, are you hearing more bass from the? the, the I'm hearing more bass or, on like the, yeah, kick on the right is like is a bit more. Yeah, I, mean, I can hear the I can hear that it is bass, but I don't have any booming. Yeah, I mean it's it's not. It's a kick drum, not a bass drum. Yeah, guess, yeah. yeah. Um, Can you do a tuba sound? <laughs> With white noise? Me? I don't know. Give me a <laughs> lifetime. <laughs> Figure that out. Um, what a great module, man. I just... Right? Yeah. I mean, I you know, 16 individual VCA, like... Yeah. Throw some weird, you know, just complex sounds in there. Just droning oscillators. I mean, that's... I mean, you know, I can show you what we were working with... Um, I mean that's yeah, that white noise. Yeah, it's like that, and then 
So that's what we were working with with our original. Yeah, a lot more harmonics though, but still not a really complex sound. Yeah. Because you're only doing amplitude modulation on the principal oscillator, right? You were doing it. Uh, yeah, just am yeah. Folding. yeah, trying to kind of like maybe get some stuff going in more of the higher register of, right. of the frequency spectrum. Um. Okay, so maybe for ease of pull this out here um we're gonna show off this last section and this is now going to the programmed spectrum transfer uh which is basically just a way to do your you are with these switches you're able to run kind of all the frequency content that's coming in through the input through these filters in throwing that on the other sound. Right. You're transferring its spectra onto the other one, which is um, basically a good way to to do some kind of some vocoding. So I'm going to plug that oscillator into the even output, and I'm going to plug this mic preamp into the odd output, or input, sorry. Um, I'm going to run this cable over here. And oh boy! Um. <laughs> so after some uh, mic cable uh, technical difficulties, we've got this figured out. So yes, we've got this uh, sawtooth oscillator going to the even output or input. Sorry, I keep saying that. Um, the mic preamp from the two twenty seven E going into the odd, and I've flipped up the odd pre or the um, odd going into the even. Uh, bands. So now Robert's voice, Robert's voice. It's a So yeah, we've also got um, pitch from the 218E on my music easel going into the keyboard input on the uh, um, the sawtooth wave. So he's able to Yeah, it's really well like this. <laughs> All your command. Now from the 70s. <laughs> it's so funny like because i well, i was messing with this yesterday and in my i would keep trying to match the pitch and uh so i would i ended up like pulling my headphones off so i couldn't hear it and i was just doing it and recording it so i could listen back later to see if it was somewhat uh intelligible and it kind of was i think your voice will also come through my microphone so hopefully people are maybe hearing somewhat some intelligible stuff but if you go really start really low <laughs> you've got you just like gained some uh like 10 feet in your vocal cords is like what the <laughs> so I do have the pre-emphasis turned up all the way. This um, I think is why they kind of had this in here. Because if we do without the pre-emphasis, yeah. So it's it's boosting the highs of your input signal, and so then it so then it's going to you know activate these upper um, frequency ranges. Sound is the closest to a wonder. Like the bone, not a bone. 
<laughs> we can also try let's try doing a square wave instead is a square wave i mean you, you got to think about it's like peaks and what it's going to because if you do like a triangle it's not as it's very it's peak is of the of the wave is is yeah go back to square yeah <laughs> That's cool. <laughs> That's funny because you could you could have a, st a static pitch on your voice um, and not sing to it, but it's so hard to not do that, you know. <laughs> you know if we bring in now um this switch then you we should be able to hear you as well yeah so we can like bring down this and kind of bring up your preemphasis yeah but so we turn down like so now if you talk now if i talk oh that's kind of really nice they're really nice kind of mixed together yeah and you sound like you're yeah you're playing through like a bad am like you're you're a caller on some like old yeah. station from like the 80s or something like yeah. that well president carter pitched the, the lighthouse today we're kind of overblowing the preamp stuff but <laughs> it's gonna blow it out it does have that sort of the winter games in Lake Placid started today with the U.S. versus Russia hockey. <laughs> Game one with the underdog USA team. President Carter visited... Is this a miracle? Is it your, uh... Spoilers. <laughs> um, so, uh... You know, the main thing, that's a really, really good way of putting that. It, it definitely has that sort of shortwave... Yeah. Thing. I like that one. Yeah. So I mean, look, we're doing vocoding right now in this we're thing. Right, yeah, taking it for granted. So this is a higher pitch. Mm -hmm. Yeah. With your voice mixed in, so it's like kind of cool that you can. Um, I. Yeah. We'll see how this mixes on the episode and what you come through, but this may be like now people are actually hearing what you're, you're saying, but. Maybe. It doesn't. It, with it mixed together, it has that early cell phone thing where like the carrier the carrier wave is getting through you kind of hear my voice but then it's got that robotic yeah. like zoom at the beginning of the pandemic <laughs> you know actually i got so i got this module um right before the pandemic i think really hit i think so. no um, no 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 not this one though Your no my 296 yeah. no sorry i got it the like beginning of 2001 so sorry i'm already 2021 sorry um uh <laughs> basically had this thing for a year but yeah. when i first got it i was like we were on a zoom call you know meeting and uh and i started running the audio from the zoom through this oh, and so yeah. then one of my coworkers started to talk i would then just 
modulate their voices and stuff and it it made the experience a bit more fun so it was like kyle we need to talk about your tps report (laughs) (laughs) i just started asking where my stapler was and (laughs) there's a new cover sheet for your tps reports so um (laughs) kyle you're fired. <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait, hold on, hold on. Let me turn this thing off. <laughs> um. All right. Should we uh, end this uh, section of it? We can go yeah. back to to hearing your actual voice. I guess. Okay. It's been kind of fun. That was yeah. fun. Yeah. Thanks, right. Thanks for that. Yeah. I mean. Yeah. So many cool different sections of this thing. So we haven't really gone into the envelope f- follower outputs. I'm gonna. I think I'm gonna do that in a separate section um yeah that's a lot of patching (laughs) it is and um and i'll kind of show off like another cool thing that i've uh, had fun doing is uh self-patching it patching it's either program outputs or attenuated outputs or both because there's you know yeah two inputs in here um and kind of creating some wild feedback and then that's a really fun way to either a you're getting crazy sounds if you want to use those but if you don't want to use those um you can then use the envelope follower outs because they're kind of just doing wild yeah uh cv jumpy things to use in your system i mean that's also i mean 16 cv outs for this thing yeah that you can Uh, patch back into the inputs yeah so like what we were doing with the spectrum output i think what we basically could have done too is if we patched all like let's say the um if we patch all the odd um jacks into even um yeah uh inputs on the local program inputs we could have got the same yeah effect i've seen that uh with with two of these yeah really cool stuff um, hmm. yeah it's a it's a fun one. I'm glad we like finally got to. Yeah, me too. Thanks to the folks at Mems for. Yeah. To us. This was really really fun. Yeah, man. Just uh, I think this looks wise. It's one of the classic mm-hmm. Buchla modules, like the 259 with the correct Rogans. <coughs> it's mm-hmm. one of those in the Marf. You know, they're kind of like these are Buchla modules. Yeah, I, I. It took me a while to like. I think it was Todd, as somebody even one of the many interviews of um, listening to. The, uh, that somebody did with Todd kind of asking him like, why, you know, why was the easel so special to him? Or like, you know, why does he uh, like that interface so much? And it was just like, well, sliders. And it's like, I didn't quite think of like that yeah. and just being like, Oh yeah, it is an amazing way to interface with something. Cause you can do, you know, multiple things yep. at once where you can only kind of turn two knobs at one time. If you're just dealing with all, knob stuff so just to have you know yeah 16 sliders in that small space it's like with the marf dream that's why yeah. i like the marf yes the 250e you know, the conversation we've had a couple of times just about the immediacy of the sliders versus turning all those knobs mm-hmm. and you know just the more linearity of it i yeah i mean you can I see like. the shape of this control voltage change on the marf, marf. You know? yeah i can see what what's gonna what's gonna happen with it with Generally speaking, I, I really like that. I like ADSRs with, with sliders also mm-hmm. and synthesizers because I can see the shape of the envelope. Yeah. But they take up more room and 
But anyway, it's this, a, it's a trade, but it's better to interface it. So then, are you going to use it more? Like, yeah. you well, know, it's always a trade off. Too. I mean, you can't not <laughs> use it. <laughs> yeah. So um, it's not like in Buchla where you don't really have to have a two eighty one. You know, in the other rest of the synthesizer world, you kind of got to have envelopes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Somebody's going to be like, "No, you don't," because this some obscure DK Synergy two had additive envelopes that were generated by. 64 sine waves intersecting in the negative harmonics. Make sure you give them your email address right yeah, now so they I'm can like, say it. Kyle at... Because <laughs> I'm standing where you were standing, so I'm you right now. That's right, yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, well, this um, yeah, this has been fun checking this out. Thanks for hanging out. It was really fun. It was. It's a great module. Okay, now we're going to take a look at the envelope follower outputs for the programmable spectral processor, model 296M. Um, so for this, I have the, uh, or I guess, back up. Um, on the 296E, what's so cool about that is it's um, it's individual kind of readouts for, um, for every band that's going on. You can actually, you know, see what is happening within that bandwidth as far as your uh, input signal. Um, and so, um, and that's really helpful with the um, envelope follower outputs for there, because you can kind of see a visual representation of what possibly an envelope could be doing, what kind of CV output you could get from that specific band. Um, but with this, we don't really have that visual feedback. So I've employed the, uh, the multiple arbitrary function generator, uh, model 248. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to uh, send the envelope followers um, into its external input and set that to um, its kind of like internal strobe. And then we'll be able to see, um, you know, whatever given uh, envelope follower output that we have plugged in, we're going to be able to see the the voltage kind of light up through the 16 steps of, um, of, yeah, of the, uh, the MARF. So what I've got going here is, uh, back to that saw wave and I'm going to start plugging in on the zero input. And right there, it's like, we barely saw any jump. Um, it just, the voltage moved from one to two. <laughs> Um, and I'm just going to kind of keep plugging through. So now I went to um, the envelope follower. I guess it's labeled zero, the odd output. Um, and that's uh, reading just kind of a steady nine uh, voltage on here, um, which would my guesstimation if we're kind of splitting it up for 10 volts, it's probably, you know, a little bit over five into the six volt range. And so just kind of keep poking in on down the line and yeah just given what frequencies are in this um, sawtooth wave that we have going um, it's kind of pitched lower we're getting higher readouts on some of the lower uh, frequencies and some of the mids but when we get up to the highs there's barely any if we turn up frequency now I have it on a band that's um, like the 2.6 thousand band and that's set to 10 right now so kind of just plug it around in there 
and there's basically no CV coming out of the lower ones. So with a, you know, a static uh, oscillator going into this, there's not going to be much fluctuation. It's just going to be static because if you are not moving the pitch, uh, it's not going to, you know, go anywhere. So I'm going to plug in um, a sequencer or I'm going to uh, plug in the other side of the MARF that's going into now the uh, Saab tooth oscillator on the um, uh, 259. And um, if you're watching the video, you'll see in the readout now out of this uh, seventh output, which is the uh, 1000 uh, uh, hertz band, uh, it's jumping all over the place with the pitch of this. So I'm going to turn up the sequence now. So now we have a lot of movement. Um, and then another thing to, that we haven't, I haven't mentioned is there are three settings for the envelope decay time. Uh, we have it set in the short mode right now. Uh, there's a combo mode in the middle, which I flip that down. And there's not, it still is kind of jumping um, all throughout these kind of um, 16 LEDs that I have set up here on the MARF. Um, but there's a bit of a difference, like it's maybe not as erratic. And then I set it to the long section and um, you can actually kind of see more of a decay through the changes of this. Um, it's um, instead of just being very lightning quick with its jumps, there's a little bit of glide to this. So we're just hearing, that's all we've heard is just the oscillator. So if I plug this actually into something that we can hear, um, I'm gonna plug in the, um, the complex oscillator, principal oscillator on the 259. And I've got it going into the timbre input right now. So now we're hearing, this is in the long mode out of the seventh output. If I switch it to um, short. So now we can hear that in short. And it's, it's not, it didn't have that actual kind of decay. It's just basically following along with like the high um, pitches that are going into the oscillator. It's jumping up to those areas. Here's combo. Like maybe a little bit of decay on that, and then we're gonna go back to long. So yeah. Now uh, what I haven't shown is like let's go to a different band, right? So we've, this has just been on the seventh band. If I go up to like say the two thousand. It's a little bit different. It's still in long mode, I'll go to short. That's, yeah, different than what we had at seven. I'll go back to seven. Now I'm gonna go into B. I'll keep it all in short. And let's go and go from the bottom actually. So let's start at zero. So now this is just fluctuating um, kind of from zero up to five in this short mode. And there's only, you know, maybe about two to four volts that is maybe coming out at this area. So, you know, we can hear that the timbre is not getting swept up as high as it was 
uh, when it's you know going all the way up, reaching 10 volts at some point. So yeah, it's very different. Now we're up to uh, uh, the second output. Um, and sorry, I guess to <laughs> that's because we know it starts. The output start at zero, so that was actually the the first output. Now we're on output two. Now we're on output three. Here's four. There's five. Uh, six is barely going at all. It's just kind of hovering around between the first four um, sections of the MARF. Uh, back to seven that we've seen before. I think we've done eight. Here's nine. That's a bit lower. Now we're on to A. Here's B. There's C. Here's D. That's a cool funky change. Here's E. And the last one, F. So yeah, kind of, kind of neat. And then obviously we could go through, I can think to save on a bit of time, um, could go through and you can kind of play with the combo output or the long output. So, you know, from this one input, there's different, I mean, it is based on where that frequency is going, but you're getting um, kind of um, different outcomes from each of the outputs, which is kind of neat to pull from. Obviously, like I said, it's, it's more of kind of, I find whenever I use that, um, I'm just like I just did, I'll kind of just go down the row of um, outputs and try different, different ones to see, you know, what they're actually putting out and if it fits what I'm looking to do. Um, another cool thing is to run those into uh, CV processors. So I believe the 255 was kind of developed with the 296 in mind. You're taking, you know, a bunch of these um, envelope followers out and then you could invert those and add um, positive and negative slew to those to kind of bend those um, these, you know, CV fluctuations even further. Um, so what, uh, another cool thing I want to kind of show is actually, um, uh, self-patching this thing. So to end a, just to get some interesting sounds, I, you know, show you what you can do when you self-patch it, um, and start, you know, creating a feedback loop, but also, um, you can kind of get some interesting, um, CV, from that too, from the envelope followers out. So um, bear with me as uh, this takes a bit of finesse and kind of finding the right points. I mean, you're dealing with no, <laughs> nothing's exact when you're when you're dealing with feedback. Um, but in general, I'll so I'll kind of turn up the volume a little bit, um, and it's going to be a little bit painful at first. But I'll just start, you know, popping up a, a few bands, and so I'm. I'm Patching the attenuator output back into the input. 
and I've only got three bands up. I've got the 250, the 630, and the uh, 3.5K up. And the goal is to not have, like if I just have the 3.5 up, you know, we just hear that really nasty thing. And there's no kind of fluctuation in that sound. You know, it's just a very static, high sound. But as I bring these up, you get more different kind of tones, right? You can kind of hear the lower of the 250. I'll bring up a 1.3, didn't really do much. Maybe pull up an 8K a bit. Maybe a 5K as well. Okay, so when I put up that 5K, that brought some nastiness to it. Let me kind of help out in the low end more. So I'll bring up 150 a tad. Okay, that kind of changed things, but you definitely hear like a wavering in the sound. Um, so I have the, this is, what we're hearing is the all output from the programmed output section. So we can actually start, and it's full up to max, so we can actually start filtering this, right? So now I've turned it up, or turned it the uh, width uh, down a little, you know, it's around 11 o'clock on the dial or so. And then we can sweep the uh, frequency We've kind of like created our own, you know, tone, noisy kind of drone. And there's different things to explore in this. Um, but now what we can kind of do is check out the envelope followers again. So I'll start at zero. And I mean, actually, let me turn this back up. Let's listen to this. Because when you got this really kind of static tone, you're not, there's not going to be much fluctuation like when we weren't modulating the oscillator before. It just, we're going to have this, you know, find that these outputs are stuck in one kind of uh, voltage. So this first one, it's, yeah, stuck about halfway up. Uh, this is all the way up on this um, uh, first output, which are the one <laughs> labeled one. Now on the second one, that's all the way up. Third. So now when we get to the fourth output, uh, we are seeing this fluctuation um, kind of centering about the seventh um, um, position on the MARF and going down to five and up to ten. Uh, we can bring back up our um, complex oscillator to hear that timbre again. So I just switched it to combo instead of short and then hitting it to long. And now it, it kind of jumped up, so now it seems to be centering around 9 and 10 and fluctuating down to 8 and 11. So even flipping that switch around, you can kind of hear the difference between that. Similar in these mid-frequencies, kind of getting similar things. It's much higher, this is in the 9 uh, output, which is... 1.6 A we got static B we got static C D Okay F or E is kind of cool but that's based higher up we're kind of fluctuating from the 16 the 15 spot down and there's F and so now I'm going to try raising um, the last slider this F section we don't have that up at all just to see how 
bringing that into the mix, what that would do. And yeah, it did kind of up that, it, it shifted the voltage up a few notches. And we can, you know, add other sliders and just kind of see how stuff changes. So yeah, I brought up more of the kind of left side of the uh, 296, more of the low mids. And yeah, it's getting a lot more chaotic as we can hear. I'll switch it to long. Didn't do too, or it, it calmed it down a bit. This is combo. And back to short. Let's check out like seven again, kind of the same area. All right, now I'm back to four and we're seeing a lot of fluctuation. Here's it in combo and here it is in long. And that is B, the uh, 2.6 output. So, yeah, just, you know, something to, <laughs> to think about. This is not, I mean, I'll kind of go back, I'll turn down that oscillator, and you can actually hear what's going on in the, I'm kind of sweeping back through the, um, the frequency control. And so we're hearing the feedback. So it's kind of cool to know that it can make its own feedback tones for you to sculpt with, which are pretty interesting. I don't know how it, if it would, you know, would be getting the same exact thing by like finding a, a sawtooth oscillator or a square or something and getting these exact same frequencies. Um, another cool thing, I guess, when you're kind of just focusing on the feedback is you can start patching uh, like we'll take this um, B1 for instance uh, this B output we can patch it into another band um, to kind of pull this up in the mix a bit so I'll put, put this in a three didn't really do much four five did a little bit let me go okay so now I patch it into D which is uh, the third from the last um, the 5k output and we can kind of hear that chittering around a bit more and there's E so because it's you know this is kind of going through the local inputs it's coming out the programmed output it's a bit separate we're still using the program control with the max and the um, sorry the max width I don't know I call it, keep on calling it max the width and the frequency and we have the frequency kind of turned around the maybe around the 500 um, uh, frequency range but you know we can turn the max all the way down and we're just hearing that E output the 8k right now but kind of you know mix that back in we can try some other frequency so I'm now plugging 7 into uh, output into input 1 so we turn that down, then we get those two sounds. And this is just kind of me messing around with seven, plugging into different inputs.
so yeah there you go kind of cool um to just check this out with feedback you can do the opposite too you could plug the program output into the main all input and start using the and use that to um find your way around to get into some feedback and then um you know also use uh, then use the uh, attenuator outputs into the mixer and kind of just bring up specific bands um, with just the sliders. So, yeah, pretty cool. Something to check out. I'd like to thank Robert for agreeing to be on the show with me today. It was my pleasure. I'm honored to be here. And thank you, Kyle, for being on the show today. It's always nice to have you. Oh, you know, anytime. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah, if you want to uh, check out our friend's podcast, we got Tim Held's Podular Modcast, of course, Jay Ryan's Earhorn Podcast, and uh, the Galaxy Electric's Cosmic Tape Music Club Podcast. If you want to help support the show, which we greatly appreciate, you can do so through Patreon at patreon.com slash source of uncertainty. And you can get your source of uncertainty t-shirts at sourceofuncertainty.fredness.com. You can find out more about the show or contact us through our website, sourceofuncertainty.audio. We'd love to hear from you. Find us on Instagram at sourceofuncertainty and on YouTube. And we'll see you hopefully next month. Talk to you soon.